Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is episode four with Anora Magaha. Welcome to Is Told by Nomads. I'm your host, Ty Roxon, and I'm a blogger, digital marketer, and multicultural individual who's lived on four different continents. Listen weekly as I profile people who identify with several cultures and share with you stories, tips, and interviews about how to embrace your global identity and use it to your advantage to live your best life. Let us begin. Today I have with me the lovely Nora Magaha. She is an online marketing professional, founding editor of Women's Writers, Women Books. She's here today to talk to us about her global nomadic experience. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Teo. Can you give us a background about your travels and how many places you've been to and why you moved around so much? I can't tell you offhand how many places I've been to. Because I have to count and then I have to remember. That many, huh? <laughs> but my father was a diplomat. He joined the U.S. Foreign Service. And he married my mother, who's half Italian, who herself was the daughter of a diplomat. And they embarked on a diplomatic career. Mm. And I'm going to name some places just real quickly. London, Jordan, Egypt, Saudi Arabia, Lebanon, Jerusalem, Italy, USA, Tunisia, Italy, USA, Kuwait, Taiwan, Bahrain, China, USA. Okay, so does that give you an idea? It's the uh, Middle yeah, East, okay. and then I went to Asia. Asia, all right, Middle East, Asia. Yeah, and I did a little bit of time in Italy because mom's half Italian, so that ended up being a port of call. Oh, that's a lot of places. What was your favorite? Jerusalem. Jerusalem. I was 9, 10, and 11 years old in Jerusalem, and I think that was just old enough where we started having some real freedom, and we lived outside of the city and just explored, and there was all kinds of things to do, including they were excavating um, areas around Jerusalem to do building, and they would find all these, they'd dump piles of dirt, and they were filled with all these ancient pottery pipes and bowls and whatever, so even the the dirt that was dug up was interesting. <laughs> so, okay, really? It, so, so at nine years old, you, you were fascinated by digging up and everything that was going on, the excavation that was going on in Jerusalem. Yes. And there'd been two wars there. We got there right after the 
1967 war, and then there, there'd been a war in 50, 48. And so as kids, we'd go out and we'd, we'd find caches of ammo and we'd find uh, grenades and bit of sh shrapnel and things. So that was an element. There was always these things to discover, however dangerous. Uh, no, I, I was just going to say that because I remember I, I, hadn't, I haven't actually gone to Israel yet, but I remember reading up on, on the history. There were some wars during that period. Seems like you were there. Okay. Having lived and moved around a lot, where do you consider home? The first real home was my father's family. They had a house in Cambridge, Massachusetts. My grandfather taught nearby, and that was the home we always went back to. We had a home in Bethesda for four years, but we never went back to that one. And then my mom has been in her house now outside of Washington, D.C. for at least 20 years. So that's another home. Those two are not places where we ever had, I ever had my own room. The place where I, where is my home now is uh, North Carolina. And I've been here in this house for six years, and I've been in this region in North Carolina for 10 years, which is unprecedented, the first time in my whole life, and I'm 56. So that's the longest you've ever been in one place, 10 years. Right, here, now, living right. it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it matters. It, it matters. Place matters deeply. Okay. So you, in, in your opinion, for uh, people to move around a lot, you, the concept of home has uh, something to do with physicality or physical presence? Certainly for me, it's varied. I remember at one point where I considered my breath my home. Wherever I am and I breathe mm. and I'm at home with my breath, that's where home is. So if I'm nervous and I can't breathe because I'm so uncomfortable, that's not home. But if I'm in some place where I feel comfortable, then it could be anywhere. But that was earlier on when I was still caught in the mobility spiral, you know, the spin. <laughs> Don't know what to do. Let's get a passport and go overseas. <laughs> it's, well, I mean, it literally was what we did. It seems like you, you enjoyed it a lot. Did you actually have challenges, though, fitting in in any of these countries? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, the, I like to tell the story of what it was like to be – we were in Lebanon, and I was dropped into French school without a word of French. And I remember standing in the playground and again, I'm, I don't know, eight years old or something like that. I'm standing in a playground with my little Beatles lunchbox and there's groups of girls. It was a nuns, French nuns girls school and there are groups of girls all over this cement playground and nobody is near me. And I'm just standing there with my lunchbox <laughs> feeling mm -hmm. like, huh, I can't leave and I don't want to stay. <laughs> and you don't speak the language. Feeling. And you don't speak the language. And I went from being a good student in third grade. I was put into French third grade. And first day we had a dictation. And I get back this piece of paper. You know, I try and write what I hear. Huh. And French has all these silent letters, all these silent letters. I mean, you have to know they're there. Yeah. You can't hear them. And so they get marked up. And what kind of game is this? <laughs> I'm supposed to write down what I hear. And then you're saying things that don't have any sound. So I'm getting graded wrong. I mean, talk about an awful game. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, so... During, so this was when you uh, remind me, it was the seven or eight? Grade school. Grade, grade school, grade school. So how did you overcome that? And I would definitely like to hear more stories about your challenges and different ways that you overcame that because I, I imagine you have a lot having moved around so much. Well, that was particularly rough, you know, going into another language and then mm -hmm. being completely disoriented. How am I supposed to cope? And I used to be good in school and now I'm not. Mm -hmm. And mom tells me she used to sit beside me at night with a dictionary and I'd cry. 
the mom was determined. <laughs> and so after a while in time, bit by bit, the language comes. But, you know, awful. Yeah. Awesome. Who wants to leave friends and go into a place where you don't know anybody and they're like standing on the other side of the playground looking at you and laughing? Yeah. You know, just... Especially at such a young an age, too. You, you and Grace. Yeah, but, but high school's not any easier, you know? <laughs> Unless you're an extrovert. You know, some people are extroverts. Yeah, okay. They can right. go anywhere, but I was an introvert. When did you start to discover who you are? Or are you comfortable who you are right now? Do you feel like you're still on that journey, or did you reach a point where you already figured it out? Well, I'm still learning things. Like, I'm on a new level just these past couple of weeks of looking at culture. I've had, a, you know, a new in, some new insight about layers of culture that I'm thinking about and exploring. But probably one of the strongest moments was when I was telling my mom that I'd like to meet and talk with people who speak multiple languages so we can talk about what it's like to hey, have yo. different experiences in different languages. Is that you? Yes, me right here. Hi. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's what I, I wanted to talk about it. Like my French experiences are in French, so right. they're not as accessible to my ordinary memory. And my language, I learned, started learning Chinese, and then my French wasn't so accessible. So I wanted to talk about some of this, the way the brain works. And, but to get to the story, mom said, oh, I just remembered. There's this Norma McKegg and Global Nomads International. And, you know, I think you might enjoy reading about that. And I'm in my 30s, and she sends me a packet, and I tear it open, and I start to read this article about what Norma McKegg was about, you know, these people who are internationally mobile. And I just sob. And I look for her phone number, and probably within 20 minutes, I found her phone number, and I'm on the phone with her saying, oh, my God, where have you been all my life? Because it's all unprocessed. You're you right. don't have anyone to tell you that your life is different or strange and what it means and... You just live it. That was going to be my next question because we as third culture kids, global nomads, we, we don't necessarily have anyone necessarily to mirror ourselves after. So how would you advise other people to go about discovering who they are or just just figuring out this life of different cultures and constantly being a foreigner? I think the key thing, but it, it's because it was with my experience, the key thing for me was getting together a regular group of people who had this multicultural, internationally mobile dimension hmm. and, and meeting and talking about it and really listening, asking deeper questions, not, oh, where'd you grow up? Oh, in the Middle East. Oh, great. I grew up in North Carolina. Great. Want to <laughs> go have a drink? You know, and that's about all you get. You know, you need somebody who says, well, what was it like living in China? What did you take away from it? What was the worst thing that happened to you? What was the best thing? Has it changed you now or are you back to normal? <laughs> you know, we need that kind of depth. So that's my number one thing. Number two is reading. And number three is writing. I have three things as well. Mine, mine were or are. There's sports. Sports? I know. I know. It's crazy. For me, sports. Um, I, the second one I forget, and the third one is pop culture, believe it or not. But I can't. I know no, the second one was geography, and those three things for me growing up, just figuring out how to play basketball and tennis. Because before that, I only knew how to play soccer or football, you know, however you call it. Yeah. And then everybody in my American international school, because I was dropped in a French-speaking country myself, um, 
but it was full of Americans and Europeans. They all knew hockey and baseball and softball, and I didn't know any of that. But that was a way that I, I made friends just by learning the game. And then with geography, I always learned the capitals. I was always good at world affairs, so anytime I met someone different, I was able to say, hey, is it, are you from this city? And so they would either be from that city or nearby. And the strangest one with pop culture is... This, this might relate more to guys who, I mean, guys here in the Western uh, civilization, but it's, if you can talk about a movie or something or a yeah. TV show or something and you're from another country, no one, everybody forgets you from that country because you're speaking their language. Did you see what yeah. happened in the game last night? No, yes. look at that movie. And that, that, those are the three for me, but you said... Ooh, you, excellent, yeah. excellent. <laughs> so see, completely different approach. Yeah. I wasn't into pop culture. I don't play any sports. What was that other one? <laughs> geography, geography, geography was the second. Well, I did yeah. pay attention to geography, but I didn't know I didn't know as much as some other people did hmm. yeah. in terms of places. Yeah. I was much more sensory and much more into feelings rather than. But boy, so quite a strong adaptive measures that you have. That's, that, that's, I'm excited to hear about that. Yeah, really no, smart. I'll be happy to do that. But it was always, it was like you, it was a journey. I was in a French speaking country with American and Europeans. And I was the Nigerian guy who didn't, who had a very strong Nigerian accent and uh, just didn't know what he was doing at nine, 10 years old. So, yeah, what am I? I mean, I was excited before going. And I was really excited when I got to school. And when I got to school, I saw that I was so different. And doesn't it, from being overseas, like, I don't know if you identify primarily as a Nigerian or as an American or as, or primarily as a TCK. Doesn't well, it change your identity once you've left a place that you used to be from? No, it does. I mean, I, I, that four and a half years I spent there before I came back to Nigeria for high school, I, I you know, I came back to Nigeria, everybody perceived me as an American, which I actually wasn't, and I'm still not. But it, it was, I, I I wasn't cool enough to be, or I wasn't accepted as, as a Nigerian, which is my passport country. But you slowly, I, I guess it took a while, but I, I gradually just identified myself as someone as multicultural, and that became okay with me. Once I identified that, that helped me just identify myself, because every time anyone asks you where you're from, I always say Nigeria because I am. That's the only passport I have. But, you know, I always have, I put the caveat there that I grew up everywhere else. Yeah, because you definitely have a totally different influences in your life by being in these schools with these other people. True, true. Yeah. Vietnam. I mean, everywhere I've gone, I've picked up influences and they all, and then, you know, cousins and family all live in different countries. So it's, it creeps in. And I, I notice it as I talk to different people and the more that I interact with other people from different cultures and random things pop up. Like, whoa, where did that come from? See, it's so deep and it's so many layers. And there's also there's the practical side of it, too. Like, what did you pick up from Vietnam? What specifically and how did that go against something you picked up in the other French country? You know, yeah, there's these different values. And then where did they lay inside you? And do they challenge your core family values? I mean, Mm -hmm. it's this stuff's deep we gloss over it but it, there's a lot of rich material to think of and we're our own subjects no i agree and, and it was so enlightening to me because i i didn't know of the term third culture kid or tck for me i found i figured it out last year i was reading huffington post and it was something like 32 signs you're a third that ass. sounds interesting yeah i just saw it and, and there were there were things like you dread being asked where you're from or yes. you, you 
talk to different people from different time zones or some smell reminds yeah. you of some experience you had. And I was just, what, what? This is me. <laughs> but, it, you know, it's when you put a word to it, it just becomes even more of an like, okay, there are more of us. And that's when the idea yeah. of this started to come up in my head, by the way. So I just started because, you know, everyone that um, there's a community of us and even though we often feel alone, there are many, there are enough of us to share our experience that we can make some sort of comfort level uh, come out of that. So I, I just think it's yes. important. Uh, very, very important because there's insights and experiences that you won't get to talk about with people who haven't moved a lot. Yeah. They, do you know Obama's a TCK? Yeah, yeah. I saw Yeah, uh, yeah I, I knew that too. And um, yeah, there's so many, some of these actors and writers, and I imagine you said you... you you talked to, uh, you got on the phone with someone that, that had a similar experience. So it's surprising who you find out is. And it just, it's, it's amazing when you can share experiences that people can relate to. Had you heard of Norma McCaig? I had not. I have to be honest. I had not, but I, you know, I'm learning now. <laughs> <laughs> she was in the D.C. area. Okay. And she, I think, I've been told she coined the phrase global nomad as being a, a colloquial phrase related to third culture kid and third culture kid came from Dr. Ruth, you I think Dr. it's Ruth, at Michigan yeah. state. Yeah. You seem, yeah. Huh? Yeah. And who else? Uh, there's some other people who were big in the field, but I'm forgetting the name. Now there's a man who's written um, a number of books about the internationally mobile. I think his specialty was missionary kids. And it, isn't it interesting, though, with even within the subsect, uh, you know, the group, the category of third culture kids, you have those, the diplomatic kids like you and I, um, and then the FBI kids, army brats, missionary kids, people that just travel a lot, expatriates. It, there are so many different sections. The oil yeah. company kids, oil, oil, the I mean, it, it's airline kids. Yeah. That's, who, that's who was there when I was yeah. uh, in Saudi Arabia. I remember it was the oil and the airline people yeah. were the only ones outside of military and diplomat. Yeah. Those are the ones that I knew about. Yeah, it's, it's, I, and for me, it was a lot of missionary kids. I, those are a lot of my first friends. And they have a whole other slant to it. Like whatever your mission, your parents' mission in the country was, puts a whole other spin. Mm-hmm. No, and, and they had different experiences. I and mean, a lot of my experiences with them shaped who I am today. I still say... A lot of my personality was formed from my sixth to eighth grade year. I, a lot of the values that I built, uh, that I still hold uh, dear to me, it was just from experiences with the people I used to hang out with growing up there. But because it, it, it was the period of time where I felt really uncomfortable with who I was, and then I grew to sort of become comfortable. Even when I came back to Nigeria in tenth grade, I was still figuring out who I was. But it, it coincided with puberty for me. <laughs> because that's you know my and I, so that's even more chaos yeah, isn't it yeah so I was experiencing a whole lot of whoa, whoa, whoa this is different I, and then there was the reverse culture show you should celebrate yourself every day but some days you should celebrate with jewelry whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. 
BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Talked in, I was like, whoa, whoa, this is a lot of changes here. But um, now, did you have anyone to talk with about this? Was there anybody? Because your parents were going through their, I mean, if they traveled with you, they had their own re-enculturation that they had to go through. No, nah, yeah. My parents are really, a, they were a big help. I remember coming home, my mom and dad used to tell us, they used to tell us that we should, we are, you know, good enough being ourselves, that we, we, we didn't have to be anybody else. Uh, and they were good help with that. But I think a lot of my journey, I, I sort of introspectively came to a point one day or a series after a series of weeks that it was okay to be just you know, someone that grew up everywhere and that it helped me adapt and adaptability is a skill that I need to build anyway. In yes. My, you know, I can be in different environments and it's, I always tell people and they ask me, how do you fit in? Cause you know, I went to boarding school. I've done day school. I've done the other yes. school and I've been away from family and I've been, yes. been in different countries. So I'm able to create a home as long as I, you know, I just have an area to stay. So it's not necessarily, hard for me but i i sort of turned it that way i started looking at the positives instead of the negatives and then i started to be comfortable who i was but it was a yes. journey it was a journey yes <laughs> and it can still change you know as you settle down I, I, a couple of people in my group um had this feeling of i'm not I'm moving again that's it i'm done uh, yeah and yet others like my mom who's in her 80s mm. she i don't think she can stay at home without getting on an airplane longer than two months at a time. Where would you fall in that? Are you one that wants to stay in North Carolina? Well, I did uh, a lot of moves, you know, like I went over to China and yeah. I came, went to Taiwan then went to China and bumped around. But now I'm very drawn to staying in one place. I remember reading, do you know Pearl Buck, yes, the I, American yeah. author? Mm -hmm. Well, I used to love her books and they were about people living overseas and missionaries and then also people who cross cultures and love relationships. You know, it was that, that it was my realm, right? right? Living between cultures. So I loved reading her stuff and she would talk about in some of her stories, knowing she would say it was early May and the crocus came up and then in mid April, you know, some other kind of plant came up. And I remember thinking like, how do you stay? How long does it take to be in a place before you know when the different plants come up. Hmm. <laughs> and that's what I'm learning. I've been here six years, and I'm starting to say, ah, April, that's when these guys come up. And May, that's when those guys come uh, up. Because then you like know, right? Yeah. When you know the plants. You, you speaking of this book reminds me, I, I just finished reading The Alchemist. I know I am late. Everybody's read that book. <laughs> I haven't. You're ahead oh, of me. Oh, okay. Well, you should. It's a really, really great book. Uh, I mean, not only about the figuring out who you are and chasing your calling, but, you know, he was a shepherd that, you know, made his way from Span from different countries to find the pyramids in Egypt. And he had a lot of adventures there, but he was able Ooh. to adapt. Uh, 
it, it, it has a lot of themes, a lot of themes about, you know, going after your dreams and discovering your personal calling. But yeah, I think it's, yeah. a, I think it's a good book. Even now when I read, I find different themes that other people might not read just because of my experiences. Because I say, well, yes. yeah, so that's why. I definitely think it's, um, it's an asset. There's, there's things that we wouldn't understand if we hadn't stayed in a place a long time. You know, like when the different plants come up and there's other things that are subtle and deep. But the things that we do understand, I feel like, are critical for the world going forward. Speaking of the world going forward, do you feel how? What do you feel like globalization uh, places in the future? You have to be more specific for me. Tell me what <laughs> what you're thinking. <laughs> how, how do you feel like international people can impact the world? I guess that's if that's more specific. I hope that's more specific. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like like TCKs and Anyone, that yeah. awareness, yeah. the awareness that that there isn't one right way and that people in different cultures are the way they are for a reason. And there's only so much change that can be asked for at a certain period of time. And the need to find common ground rather than I see what the answer is from an American's perspective. And I'm going to insist that you do it that way because mm. I know what's right. But it isn't really true that it's right. It's right. just from our perspective. And then if you go in their perspective, you see, my God, you know, I didn't know about this and I didn't know about that. And of course, it's not going to work. No, okay. you know, that, that whole thing, that more open mindedness in a sense that we have to find ways to bridge, you know, find common ground and bridge differences and work together, especially now with the climate change issues. <laughs> yeah, so, no. so I really think it's kind of like advanced training and being a future citizen of the world is, yeah. is living in multiple places. Yeah. I, How I, else do you learn? Yeah, I think by being somewhere, you, you know, you understand where other people come from. So it, it's... Yeah. So, okay. No, I, I agree with you on that. What, what about advice? How would you give... What type of uh, pieces of advice would you give to other people? Uh, maybe in their formative development years now, trying to figure out just what is going on. Well, probably this I mentioned earlier, uh, find people like yourself who want to talk about That's right. their yeah, experience. You that. Yeah. So you can so you can name it. So you can learn things that you're unconscious about, and listen and ask deep questions. Read about it. And then also write about it because there's things that have been written now that I didn't have growing up that would have really, you know, given me perspective on what I was going through. And when we met on Twitter, you had an infinite amount of resources or people. <laughs> of people. We, we met on Twitter and you were like, whoa, whoa, you should meet this person. This person's done that. This person has done that. So I could tell that you've done that in your life. So was that, was that through writing? Yeah, was that through writing? Was that through how did you meet all these people? Twitter. I mean, much of it is through Twitter. A couple of the people I know from my actual life, but since since I had I learned about TCKs and global nomads, I now had a name for something to identify. So you know, people who are who have this experience are people that I could have something deeper in common with. So I would seek them out. Right. So naming, identifying stuff is just critical in order to be able to get more answers and find the people who are going to be able to help you really see and appreciate who you are and what gifts. You know, a lot of times you go come in from overseas, nobody cares what you learned. They only care about what's going on now. So then all your expertise is like nothing. 
I came back to America and I knew all about the seas and the red the shells in the Red Sea. But Nobody, I, cared. Nobody cared. So I, I all of a sudden was somebody who didn't know American culture. We didn't have a TV. And everything I knew in my French, all my French, nobody cared. So I ended up being like a nobody when, in fact, I had achieved a lot of learning. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. if you don't have peers, a special group of peers who can help you see what you have, even if it's not being acknowledged, it can be rough. So it wasn't until you, you found your peers that you sort of became more more comfortable with uh, your professional life Is and that... i'm still doing i'm still doing now it's i feel like it's essential absolutely yeah. essential to find people who see who you are yeah. go away from the people who don't see who you are <laughs> and want to say oh you're not this you're not that and find the people who say i see you and you indeed are right. this so you can have support for changing who you are in the world for making something of yourself. I, that's beautiful. Um, would you say that's why you gravitate towards online? I mean, there's no board, border in the online community. Uh, it's just no geography. It's a small world. Well, I was dragged kicking, kicking and screaming online because it's. Uh, I was afraid to be exposed. You know, as if you're online, then uh, bad people can find you and bad things can happen. And then I realized, like, there's so much online. It's totally random. It's no, it's the same as walking down a street. Anybody can come by and shoot you. I mean, I mean it's no more different than that, right? It literally is. I mean, we. I found you by typing TCK <laughs> on Twitter. Yeah, which so, is why we have to use the keywords yeah. so that people can find us. But this, I wanted to say something about that. Is a long time ago, based on having friends from all over, because they would move to different countries and I would move... I got that notion of having an international network. Now, mm -hmm. as a kid, it was just, dear so-and-so, how are you? I'm fine, great, thanks for the stamps, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But as I got older, I started to feel like, oh, I want a resource. I want a network of people from around the world that I can draw on. We can, we can say, what's really going on in Nigeria now? And what about this? And turns out social media, when that finally came into the foreground that made it all possible yes, it did. so now the technology is fully supportive you still have to make the individual relationships and it's just something i was prepared for from my childhood you know, I, this is it was there i want to fill it yeah there's a certain strategy to it and i agree with you because i'm into digital media as well it's that's uh, what i do uh, as a hobby but there's there has to be a strategy behind because a lot of times especially yes. for us global nomads um where you you you're specific in what you want to get out of it and you're very purposeful right. about it. Uh, like you said with yes. the keywords, your keywords was a great great point. Uh otherwise you you're lost in the sea of many things <laughs> if you're not as specific, and, yeah. And I like doing both things. Like I like some things I do are very very purposeful and I know I don't want to talk about anything else. We're accomplishing this goal. Let's get it done. Mm -hmm. But I also know the value of sometimes just going online and seeing who's there. Yeah. You know, just wandering to a place and it's like, let's just see what's here. And I feel like both are very valid. And it's nice to be able to switch to know that we have lots of different ways that we can interact with the world, yeah. you know, with intense goals and objectives and let me just see let me feel out what's in the air <laughs> no i mean I, I you saw that with my instagram i have done like a goofball on my instagram <laughs> and i'm completely <laughs> different on twitter so it's, it's oh really <laughs> really no i mean a lot of times i initially started twitter as my business uh account but now yes I'm, of now, course now i'm actually doing what you're saying i'm showing a lot more of my personality 
Uh, I'm talking about you know whatever I'm doing, but on Instagram, I, you know, I do things like Bad Joke Friday or just. Oh yeah, that that was so that was that was fun. So <laughs> yeah. You're really developing a public persona. Yeah, I know. I just just created this one. One day I was bored and said I'm just gonna make bad jokes on Instagram and put it there. Yeah, but, I think that's cool. Yeah. Is anybody else doing that? I, some people have. I and, and you know it's. We'll see, but and you are too. Yeah, I, I'm just joining. <laughs> yeah, right. I have a separate Instagram. Is my relax? I put the pictures that I want to put up. It's not my business. And then I have two Twitter accounts, one which is more my writer self, which is more personal, and then one is more my business self. Yeah, no, it's cool. Just, I, yeah, because they're different. I'm doing different things in business than I am with my woman writers, woman books. Yeah. Oh, well, talk They're about audiences. T- talk about that for a little bit. I, we want to know what's up with you with the women books and why you, why you love, you know, focusing on women writers. What about your magazine? Well, th- there it is enacting that, um, international network. Mm-hmm. Let's create a space and connect with interesting people around the world and invite them to write things. And mm-hmm. we did it on Twitter. Okay. That is our main channel for soliciting pieces, connecting with people, and then announcing the latest pieces on it. Uh, I just chose something, and honestly, I should have gone way more narrow. <laughs> <laughs> Even more, what's more just, narrow? What's more narrow? More than narrow women? is memoir, ah. autobiography, memoir. That's probably my my very, and even that's broad, you know. <laughs> but as it turned out, I went for woman writers, and it, it was just doing a cut. You know, let's get one one angle and go for it. And it turns out it's a pretty big angle, and there's a number of sites way bigger than us, like she writes and blog her and what. But there's still room. Yeah, you know, no, you don't no. have to be the only one. Right, right. There, there's room, and it's been very rewarding. You know, I've done a joint article with a woman in a journalist in Italy and one in Pakistan. I got to to connect up with the author of a book. There was a Pakistani woman who killed herself and it made international news mm. all, all around. I won't go into it because it's kind of awful. But yeah. when it made international news, I found out that there was a biography of her. And then I got to be in touch with the Italian author of the biography. So it's really exciting and I got to influence some of the articles that were written because I studied so much about the story that the Time magazine writer I I contacted her on Twitter and said hey you know here's a little detail check on it it's not quite right so you get to be part of the shaping of story same thing with Huffington Post yeah, no, I I would I love Ariana Huffington and her the whole post, and she yeah, was, she she herself she herself is uh essentially her, the idea for this podcast came out of an event that I went to that Ariana Huffington hosted. She, really? She, yeah, she it was uh I want to say two months ago before I decided because I, I said I I discovered TCK a year ago, but and I wanted to do something for that, but I became more focused when she she was doing a book launch tour for her thrive book uh that's out already and she made she made this random statement about her kids making fun of her because she said she had a different accent you know you know greece influence (laughs) and then i it was i was sitting there and i said aha she's an american but she grew up in greece and her kids probably are confused as to why she sounds like that because they grew up here and i'm like 
that is something that I need to work on. So I, I ran with that. But then that's what this podcast became. And that's the audio. That's where you hear, like often that's the initial indication. Where are you from? You know, you hear that little bit of vocal distinction and then it can be the beginning of this whole story. Exactly. And it just comes out of its experiences. I think all our lives are, especially us, are just based on the unique experiences we have, good or bad. You know, it shapes us. Uh, yes. Better or for the worse. And that's why the storytelling piece is so rich and you get that on you get that on radio podcasts. And and you're writing. Where can we find you? What's your website uh, so the audience can know? AnoraMagaha.com. A-N-O-R-A-M-C-G-A-H-A.com. All one has to do is look up my name and there's all kinds of things, uh, all kinds of rabbit holes to go down. Multifaceted individual, I see. <laughs> <laughs> rabbit holes, rabbit holes. <laughs> Okay, well, do you have any last words? I, you know, I think we've covered a lot. I think you have so many great stories that you've shared today. Well, I, I just am so thrilled that the concept that Ruth Yusim did the work she did and developed a concept and that Norman McKaig also had this global nomad thing, something a little bit bigger than just military brat or diplomat brat, which doesn't really let us fill out and feel, you know, how big we are in a way. Mm -hmm. So, and I'm glad you're picking up on it. I think it's excellent to, to get so engaged with social media, to be networking already, to be developing your voice Wonder. and bringing out other people's stories is a real kindness, especially with the TCK world. Thank you. Thank you. I, I don't know. I mean, for me, it's just, uh, I, I knew what we what I experienced. I hope other people can, you know, better their lives by hearing other stories from people like you. Yeah, so. it's good. Just keep keep doing it, Teo. Keep doing it. <laughs> Thank you very, very much. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to Is Told by Nomads. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review here on iTunes or on Stitcher and subscribe. Also, be sure to head over to my website, tyroxin.com, to subscribe for more updates and tips on how to navigate the world and check out some of the other things I'm doing. Till next time, remember, home is not necessarily a physical place. It is wherever you most feel comfortable. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.